As students are building their STEM projects, are you unsure on ways of how they can improve their designs? When students come up to you and they say, I'm done, do you just say, oh, now go and just add more details? In this episode, I will be sharing with you strategies that you can use with your students to help them improve and modify their designs. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. I can't believe we have made it already to episode 20. It has been so much fun recording these podcasts and creating episodes that you can immediately apply into your classroom. I am excited how far this podcast has come and what is in store for the future. And trust me, I have a ton of ideas brewing, so lots more fun to be had in the future. And if you haven't grabbed it already, I have a free engineering design process poster and planning guide that you can download for your classroom. You can grab that at naomimeredith.com slash podcast EDP, and I'll also link it in the show notes. I know I've talked about this before, but I like comparing the engineering design process to the writing process because there are a lot of similarities between those two processes and being a former classroom teacher. That is just something that is stuck in my brain after teaching it for so many years before becoming a STEM teacher. The experiment and improve stage of the engineering design process is a lot like the editing stage within the writing process. It is a process for both of these things. And a growth mindset that I like to teach my students in my classroom is that practice makes better, not perfect. Everything can be improved even when you think you're done. And this step in the engineering design process is so important to teach kids that things might not be perfect the first time, and there is always ways to make them better. Here are some strategies that I like to use in this stage to make it more impactful and meaningful for students, and that I'm not just rushing and running out of ideas for kids to make things better, or just if they build something, I send them off and go do a fun activity. This stage in the engineering design process can actually be very beneficial with some careful planning. The first way that you can enhance the experiment and improve stage is to use modification checklists. Now, my first year teaching STEM, I was completely lost on this, and I was feeling probably like you are, like I have no idea where to even begin with a checklist. I don't even know how the projects are going to turn out. Trust me, I was in your shoes. And I'm in those shoes when I'm starting new projects anyway. So here's a little tip that has worked for me. When starting a new project, I will create a anchor chart of ways students can improve their designs as students are working. So with observations and how their projects are going, I will add to this anchor chart and list and even get feedback from students as to what they would like to add to this list to help the future classes that I'm going to teach. This has been a game changer using that student feedback because I might think the project is going to go one way, but the way students are interacting with the lesson and the supplies, it's going a completely different direction. 
I will always take their feedback when it comes to these checklists. In fact, when I was teaching STEM survival camp for fifth grade, the checklist when it comes to their build a shelter design was actually fully developed by my fifth graders because they had the checklist I had given them and they were writing all over it and adding in their own categories because I didn't design it in a way that worked best for them. So I recreated that checklist based on their feedback and my fifth graders really liked the layout because, well, kids like them helped me create it. Now, years later, being in this position of K-5 STEM, I have created my full year-long plan when it comes to engineering design challenges, and all of those have different checklists included already where you don't have to think about them. They are all done for you. And yes, even the little kids have checklists as well. For example, with my first graders for a unit, we were talking about earth, light, and living things. And what is that fancy word? Bioluminescent. The kids loved learning this word and the meaning behind this word. And they sounded so fancy when they were sharing this with their teacher when they picked them up for the day. Students were to create their own living thing, either one that already exists or a living thing that would be enhanced if it did give off its own light and the reason behind that light. They were given a checklist the second day of creating. And there were just three lines in this checklist with a thumbs up and a thumbs down that they could circle on the piece of paper or within Seesaw when I sent it to them digitally. These things weren't required for them, but I did say they had to do at least one of these three things when they were thinking about improving their design. On this checklist, those three things were, does your living thing live in water? Does your living thing fly? And does your living thing eat other animals? So this was interesting for them to really think about who their animal was and even the purpose behind the light that they gave them. My example was that I would love it if my little dog Frederick's ears glowed. They had that bioluminescence. So when we're going on walks, he can see more clearly where we're going. And I can also see as well when I have to pick up his poop. Sorry, super gross TMI right there. Also, when I give checklists to my older kids, I give them those things on the checklist that they may or may not have to do. It depends on the project and what the purpose is behind the project. And there's a space on the side where they can actually explain how the modifications made their design even better. When it comes to my 3D printing lessons, There are specific things they have to do within their project so that it will print correctly. And actually, most of those things on that modification checklist have to be a yes before they turn it in. However, there are other projects that we do. Only a couple have to be a yes, and the rest are just ways that they can make their design even better. In addition to the checklist, another way that you can enhance your experiment and improve stage with the engineering design process is the use of rubrics. You can use this instead of checklists or in addition to. If I were to use both, especially if I were to give grades within the STEM space, I would have students use the checklist when they are creating and experimenting and improving. And then when we are finished with the building stage, and this might even happen on the last day right before we share, is students are given that rubric and they can really reflect on the work that they did within this project. So they might even be done experimenting and improving and they're thinking about how they really attacked those things. 
You can use a lot of those same things even from the checklist, especially if you are planning with standards, which you should be anyway. (laughs) You should be planning with standards anyway, but you can add some of those elements within your rubric. If I were to create a rubric for my STEM classroom, I would have it on a four-point scale. The one would be categorized as, I am missing some things. And this is if students really, really struggled in completing the project. Hopefully they're not in that one category or maybe they were absent so that I would actually leave this part of the rubric blank so students could write in their responses or I could add my responses as well. The two category would be I can do it with support. So those would be those qualifications that students were below grade level and had most of those things, but they have a little bit of holes. The three would be, I can complete the project. So those would be all those qualifiers that are at grade level and they can demonstrate understanding of the standard and the project. And the four, that would be, I can extend my learning. And I also like to leave this blank, or if I even know some things of ways students can extend their learning, I might write those in as well. So having that four-point scale would be really helpful and having it written in student-friendly language So it's not a surprise for them as to how they did on the project could be a great addition to the stage of the engineering design process. Another thing too, when you're creating this rubric, I would think about the process versus the product. I would have both within your rubric. So part of those qualifiers on your rubric, you could talk about, did they demonstrate certain processes within the project? So learning a new skill when they are working on the project. And then the product could actually be how did they demonstrate the standard when attacking this challenge? So have a combination of both. That's really important in STEM is yes, are you understanding the standards, but how are you learning new skills within STEM, whether it's 3D printing, makerspace, coding, how are you demonstrating mastery within those? If you're interested in more things about grading, We could talk about that in the future. I will say I don't actually give grades in my STEM space, but this is the process that I would use if I had to do that. So definitely something to consider and talk about when you're thinking about rubrics. Finally, the third way to enhance your experiment and improve stage is to give students the opportunity to show what happens. My two favorite platforms to use within the classroom and especially in STEM classrooms are Seesaw and Flipgrid. Both are very similar, but they also have different things as well. Having these platforms in your classroom are super beneficial for families to see what takes place within your classroom. We know that kids can't always take home the awesome supplies that they're using in STEM. And of course, they really want to, especially Lego minifigs that go missing those never come back. But kids always want to share all the cool things that we did. And these platforms are a great way for students to bring those experiences home through video, photos, and audio. Also, when you use these platforms, this is also a great way to keep kids accountable for their work and making sure that they are staying on task and being able to complete the project. One of my first favorite ways is for students to use video during this improve and experiment stage. A big way that I used it with my fifth graders is when they were creating Rube Goldberg ecosystems, and every time they were testing their design, I wanted them to take a video of it in action. 
whether it worked or not, it was great for them to have video evidence of their actual experiment. This was also helpful too, because they could go back and watch what happened the day before and set it up the same or different depending on what the results were. Within their Seesaw journal, they had an abundance of videos to go back and reflect on. And this actually helped them when they came into the share stage when we talked about the project throughout the week. Another way that I've used video within an engineering design project is with second grade, they were working on animal migration ozobots. Ozobots are those tiny little robots that read color codes when you color them with markers or use the stickers provided. Beforehand, students researched about the migration patterns of different animals and understood why they were migrating and how that affected them. Students created the path of the migration within the maps that were provided, and I wanted students to film the process of their code in action. It's so cute to see them filming this because you can see them experiment within the video where they code doesn't work and they'll pick up the robot and put it where it needs to go. Again, I wanted them to take more than one video so if their code doesn't work, they could create a new coding sheet on a new map and then film that video as well. So these are just two great examples to show that experimenting and improving within your STEM lessons. Sometimes video might not be the best fit to share, and this is when photos are a great opportunity as well. Of course, you can have students take pictures of their work, but if they're Invention is supposed to do something. Consider having students take before and after photos. Again, another second grade lesson, I had students create an invention to help control the effects of water erosion. And we actually tested this using dirt that we found outside. So there was a hill I took students out on and I wanted them to actually test their invention with the water that we brought. Before taking the students outside, I had them take a picture of their invention before it got wet, and then some kids even went on to explain with audio, explaining how their invention is going to work. I then had students bring their inventions back into the classroom after we tested them using the water and the dirt and took an after photo and then explained what actually happened. I didn't want the iPads outside with the dirt, so that's why I had them bring the inventions back in. So this is a great way if there are before and after opportunities, consider taking photos. If you're doing projects that are all computer-based, there are some platforms that allow students to do screen recordings. This would be really cool if students are creating a code for a game or if they're 3D printing they can actually film their screen in real time and play it back on a hyperlapse to see the progression of their project along the way. Also on the flip side, when you're thinking about teacher management, this would be really great to keep kids accountable and making sure that they're staying on the screen that they're supposed to stay on. Two great platforms for students to use when it comes to screen recording is Screencastify, and they have come out with a whole classroom set where you definitely should check that out because I love using Screencastify as a teacher, but it would be a cool asset to use for your older students when it comes to screen recording. WeVideo is also another platform that allows screen recording capabilities. So definitely check out those platforms and see how you can fit that in when students are designing digitally. As a recap, here are ways to help your students improve their STEM projects when you are in the experiment and improve stage. 
First, consider using modification checklists. Next, create rubrics. And third, give students opportunities to show what happens. We have one more stage left in this mini series about the engineering design process. So thank you so much for joining me in this journey. And make sure to grab your free engineering design process poster and planning guide, which is linked in the show notes or also found at this direct link, naomimeredith.com slash podcast EDP. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, naomimeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.